Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio. With your host, Hurricane H, new day, new show, new topic, interesting topic. Again, all the topics that we cover are interesting, but every time I have a new different guest with a different rich opportunity to share with you as audiences. Uh, so if you're listening and watching, uh, this is going to be a treat because um, it's something I've always kind of wondered about personally, and we're going to talk about coaching today, uh, but we're going to start coaching in a different aspect. And, um, and then coaching is, is a lot of things. <laughs> and our guest today will break, that, break it down to us, you know, uh, in, in real details. So first things first, you know, I want to introduce our guest, Jeff Seckendorf. And, and he is actually uh, owner of UTD and uh, the Unified uh, Training Diving. Un- right? unified, unified Team Diving, right? UTD. Un- unified Team Diving. That's it. Yeah. I got it right this time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but but you know, he'll, he'll tell us more about it. But but uh, he does scuba diving and, and as part of it. But we're going to talk about Parkinson's. We're going to talk about a lot of, you know, different things. And they're all important. And it's going to tie in fitness, health, uh, you know, you name it, coaching, training. So we're going to talk about a whole different concept and mesh them up in one place. And, and, and his background is just so awesome. I mean, I was reading about his bio. I mean, uh, Jeff. You've had so many things in your life and filmmaking is one and the instructor and all different things. So, so again, you will give us a little bit about that. Let's talk about who is Jeff, you know, what is your background, you know, for audiences, they need to know a little bit about you and how it all started and how you got into scuba diving. And then we can get into the scuba diving business, the health part of it, the dynamics, the methodology. And then finally we get into the, uh, the whole uh, concept of Parkinson and, and coaching and train the training and all those. Perfect. Yeah. Well, so, um, well, thanks, first of all, for having me on the show. I think that, you know, we'll have some fun for, for an hour or whatever it is. But, um, you know, I, I have basically had two chunks of career. You know, I started as a photographer and became a um, commercial cinematographer and director and eventually went on to movies. And I did, I was in the film industry for about, I don't know, 35 years. And uh, I had one producing partner who once said to me, the uh, that you know she saw me as spending 15 years trying to get into the film business and then 15 years trying to get out so <laughs> you know it sounds like such a great glamorous business and it, and it is really fun when you're working but like most people in this that industry you know my full-time job was looking for work and my part-time job was working so you know i was never a great self-marketer and it just always seemed like a struggle so in that sort of trajectory of trying to find a way out of making movies and out of making commercials, I was just looking for anything educational. I had um, started a, a mentoring program for emerging film directors while I was, you know, making movies. And I was teaching uh, in a, a program, the main media workshops and the Rockport College um, for a long time, teaching filmmaking courses. 
So I've always had education kind of as part of it. You know, back when I was young, I got a pilot's license, but I took that all the way through to flight instructor. So, so the, the part of me that really these different little career elements have always sort of been anchored in teaching and anchored in education. So um, when one of my old scuba instructors came to me and, and, you know, to make a super long story really short, basically said he wanted to start a scuba training agency from ground up. I was like, well, I'll help. And I really had no idea what that meant, but it sounded like it'd be fun. I liked to dive. I was a scuba instructor and, and, uh, you know, it sounded like it might be edu an education project, which was interesting to me. And that was 2008. So what, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, where we, we built this company from nothing. And, uh, you know, there's, there's two reasons to start a company, right? You can start a company because uh, you, you're super passionate about something and you build a company and then you just ram that program down the throats of your prospective clients. Or you can start a company because you find a niche and you fill it and that's easy. Well, we chose the first one. <laughs> we, you know, we're passionate about it. It's an education program. It's a diving program. We, we found a new way to, to teach, uh, you know, in a niche in diving that wasn't filled, but it took a long time to ram this concept down the throats of people who would actually step up and participate. So it's been a slow growth. But uh, two years ago, I bought out uh, my partner and took the company on by myself. And so at that point, I was able to make some changes that really appealed to me. And one of them was to bring on a coaching model in scuba diving. So that kind of takes us up to yesterday. And then later uh, when we in this conversation, we can talk about the Parkinson's thing because that was a spinoff from it. But basically, that's where I am today. I'm, I'm running the scuba company. Um, I'm running the coaching program for people with Parkinson's. And I'm having generally a, a pretty fun time every day. Jeff, <laughs> you're, you're talking about all this and, you know, I'm sure people are watching and listening right now. They're like, wow, <laughs> it's a, that's a lot of stuff. And, and, and you're pretty adventurous. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> you know, you, you pick some, some heavy duty stuff. I mean, you know, uh, flights and, and diving, diving. Yeah, you but I've been around long enough to actually do these things slowly. It's not like I crammed all this into six years. Well, you look young, so it's all well, good. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm good for that. We'll talk about that, too. So I got well, about that. I'm sure there's something to do with your activities. Life. <laughs> you know, lifestyle is key, right? Lifestyle makes a difference in, in how we oh. age and how your, your health is. Again, talking mashup fitness and healthcare right now and the whole nine. I mean, it is amazing how I, and I've seen this people that are active and they carry some interesting fitness, you know, kind of concepts in their lifestyles and they, whether it's martial arts or any type of fitness or activities, uh, hiking, whatever, uh, they tend to, to just age differently. They, their bodies are different. They, they, it's different. And, and, and again, for people that are watching, uh, take on anything that is going to keep you fit and it's going to help your life much better in your, everything in your body functions a little better when you are active as opposed oh, yeah. to you just oh, yeah. sitting no, on a, on a couch. <laughs> I'm, I'm 66 and I'm, I'm racing a bike and training every day and I've got big goals. And You can beat me probably on the biking business. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't take those challenges unless I'm pretty well sure I can pull them off <laughs> I, I think you would probably you know my, me and biking i'm not i mean i can handle it but i don't think i can race long enough you probably catch me in, in no time and, and it's over with me 
but but so I want to I want to just go back. I know you you talking about thirty years of your life in the filmmaking, and and I know someone's watching right now is like, oh, what kind of films? You know, you know, any any films that that we might have potentially watched and that people may have been you know uh, not connecting them with you, but now maybe we can bring that connection. Um. So this was a long, feels like it was a long time ago, right? My, my film career ended like 12, 15 years ago. So, um, but I made some, some really awesome movies. I did a movie called Judy Berlin with Madeline Kahn and Eddie, Edie Falco and um, Barbara Berry that won the director's award at Sundance. It was super cool. Um, I did a, a couple of other movies um, around uh, you know, different parts of the country. And then I did a bunch of TV movies up in Vermont. And then I, um, the, really the, the core of my business was that I, I shot and directed like close to a thousand TV commercials over those decades. So um, there's probably not much left out there that anybody's seen because I, I haven't really been doing it much, but I have kept a small hand in documentaries, which has been fun. You know, it used to take me like 40 people and six trucks to actually make a movie. And now I, I go out with a camera and a, a microphone and, and I'm really kind of enjoying this one man band documentary <laughs> uh, thing. So that's been really fun. So I, I, you know, I keep a, I keep a little finger in it, but not much. Well, but, but again, you, you mentioned some, you know, TV and some good yeah. movie and, and win an award. And that's great. And, and most people don't, don't even, understand the film and business long enough to <laughs> it's a pretty you know robust industry and there's a lot of moving parts and it's not an easy you know uh, uh world i mean and, and you were in it for the longest and uh that's pretty good i mean i i am I, i'm personally you know honored <laughs> humbled oh, no. would you hear <laughs> the, it, it, you know it's interesting the job i did as director of photography there's only one per movie whereas if you're an electrician or a grip or something you know there are 10 per movie. So it's easier to find work. So I, you know, it was, it was a tough run for me in terms of the time I spent looking for work, but there's no more fun in the world than being on set and making movies when it's all going, you know, some, some version of going well, it's not ever going perfectly, but you know, every day is a challenge. You're running a lot of people, managing all sorts of things, dealing with enormous amounts of money and, and it's fun. And then, you know, one day it was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. It was pretty simple. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, I found a way out and I think that's the key. You know, I, I was able to come up with something that really interested me that met, you know, the, the blending of my vocation, avocation, overall interests, uh, my desire to teach and, um, and, and desire to learn more. And so it all kind of, it all kind of fell to, to place, fell into place in UTD in the scuba thing oddly i mean it, it turns out it was scuba it could have been anything it could have been podcasting it could have been brain surgery it could have been mechanics it didn't matter i kind of didn't care what the intellectual property was i i just kind of cared that it was an interesting educational project and it is interesting i mean uh, yeah. you don't get a lot of scuba diving instructors and, and 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 programs going out there i mean i know there you go to the caribbean probably this place <laughs> i got i don't know uh, you you probably know more or less where where all these these hubs are and where you can get real you know programs. But I mean that's why we have you here. Uh, you you'll get us closer to to, to the adventure of scuba diving and uh, and I definitely want to talk about your your spinoff, which is the the Parkinson's you know component, which is a big deal. Yeah, and scuba for me is is truly an education project, right? It's it's been a way for me to um, take a a program that I think is really interesting and carve it and massage it into something that works really well for people overall. 
And, and that's really what, what the scuba thing has done for me personally. I mean, we've done a lot of good in the world by helping people become safe divers and having fun, but you know, it, we are teaching a game. We're teaching recreation, you know, we're not curing cancer, but it is fun. And it's, it's fun in a really good way and, you know, makes people happy. So I'm good for that. Well, I, listen, the closest to, to, to diving personally is snorkeling for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, a, maybe, you know, it's great. Yeah. You're in the water, you're having fun, you know, but again, it's, you know, it's recreation and it's a, it's a great, great experience. What, what, what we did with scuba though, was we, the scuba industry traditionally over the past 20 or 30 years mm. has very um, methodically dumbed down the quality of training and Uh, brought down the price and tried to get rid of the barriers to entry for scuba diving. But in doing that, of course, they've, they, I think they've really sacrificed quality and education in exchange for, you know, the marketing mill that they've created to just get people in the door, get them certified in, you know, a weekend or two weekends, charge them a small amount of money and send them on their way. And in any project like this, be it scuba or whatever you're teaching or training, are you bringing people, you know, into new sports or adventures or whatever retention is the most important thing mm -hmm. to me, right? If you're going to give somebody your time as an educator, take their time as a student, take their money and, you know, give them some learning experience. My goal in all that is to make sure that they have some ability to retain what they've learned and utilize these skills And so what happens in what's happened traditionally in scuba is that, you know, these classes are, as I said, they're kind of dumbed down to a point where it's the bare minimum to make standards. And the holy grail is you get this certification card that says you can go scuba diving. And, you know, to me and, and to the instructor core that we started, you know, when we built UTD, it's never been that. It's always been for us, let's go take the best training model that we can come up with let's not worry so much about price we're not for everybody but let's teach people in a way in a, in a methodology that makes them committed to a, a diving program of team diving of consistent diving of safe diving of and all of this you know environmentally sound not touching the bottom not kicking up sand and all that other stuff um, so that that was the model that we took and in doing that it forced us into this very small boutique um, company, which is awesome. You know, we've got a few hundred instructors and we've got, you know, thousands of students worldwide, but, you know, we're not a mill. We're not for everybody. And I, I don't want this company to be for everybody. I want this company to be for people who are committed to getting into an education program that will make them a good, solid recreational or technical diver um, and be safe and have fun. And, and that's the satisfaction I get out of it every day is that, you know, we're business, we make money, you know, we sell online digital content. That's kind of the, the money model. But I know that the students who are going through the system are, are really getting a huge benefit from it compared to other places they could go. 
Well, Jeff, thank you. I mean, and we'll 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 dive in. Ah. <laughs> Literally, Eli, that's a good one. We'll dive into like. The, the, <laughs> I try to keep it in the theme. Here. No, that was good. That was good. We'll, we'll keep track we'll, of those. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll dive right through it. You know, in in terms of like the the program, the methodology, and stuff. But I like the concept that you're talking about. You're right. I mean, and by the way, in almost every educational system, and I'm talking about all industries, right? You have the core ones that are actually very, very like. Uh, core models and they have very nice robust programming and you have the ones to your point the mills they just want people in and out and hey you get a paper and that says that you've completed your course done you know have a good day and 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 you're right the quality of people that you are you know kind of developing is not going to be as as equal to to where you are today and to your point you're getting the best of the best people out there that understand the concepts inside and out and dive in you know and we'll talk a little bit more about it now is not you know, as easy as it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like get in the water, get some some gear, and <laughs> and that's it. it. It would be that easy. That would be like a, a simple pro, you know prospect, but it's not the case. That diving can be very dangerous. Can <laughs> well, you're in help? the environment. You're training in. It's interesting. I I have trained um, lots of public safety divers, mm. and um, I have one friend who um, runs a huge public safety department in the Midwest, and he said to me something really interesting one day about diving, which was, you know for fire departments they train in a simulator um uh swat trains in a simulator uh urban search and rescue trains in a simulator diving divers train in the real environment right you can stop a swat exercise by saying okay stop <laughs> you can't stop a dive by just saying okay stop because you're underwater Deep right? underwater, <laughs> deep underwater often. So that to me was really interesting that the thing about diving that makes it so it makes people need to be so committed to it if they're going to do it. It's the fact that you're always in this environment that can bite you. And, and our, our job is to make that environment as uh, as safe as possible. So you don't have this overriding thing where, you know, I, I could get hurt, I could get killed. That's not what it's about. But, you know, we also don't shy away from the fact that, you know, there are parts of diving that can be dangerous and we we do everything we can to mitigate those dangers by providing an education system that's you know robust mm -hmm. uh, so so for people who, who who are novice to dive in and or at least they see in movies and <laughs> that's that's the closest they get to it you know i you know you always you always see these in movies again and or documentaries is the the gear itself the the oxygen you know tanks and, and and the way they dive in and the depths that they go in and and you know how they come climb back up and all those things you can rush up because you get the the the, the whole different concept that can affect your lungs and your blood and all that and so 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 that's just what we know i mean if you don't mind jeff let's let's just take us through what a basic you know dive is in terms of step by step and what certain things that we should worry about and not worry about. And then let's take it to the program and the education piece that you actually give to, to the students. So there, there are two ways to look at that, right? Again, in this classical model that's been going on for many years, people are generally taught to use the scuba equipment and then get in the water and go for a dive, which is not diving, it's using scuba diving equipment. So what we've done is we've broken down what it takes to actually be a great diver. And um, scuba diving is based on the idea that you're neutrally buoyant in the water, right? You're just floating weightless in this 
environment that feels like there's no gravity, although of course there is, but um, it's just beautiful, right? You're just in this other world of three-dimensional movement in a way where you're, you know, you're supported on all sides and it, it's really, really beautiful. And the, the magic in scuba diving is controlling yourself in the water and being able to move slightly up, slightly down, left, right, forward, backward, and all of that. That's what diving is, that control of your body in this environment that, you know, we're, we're visitors in. That's scuba diving. The fact that you've got, you know, some equipment, right? A cylinder with some air in it, um, some regulators so you can breathe, um, you know, and maybe some flashlights and things like that. To me, that's always been secondary to the fact that, you know, as divers, we're diving. We're not just strapping on equipment and jumping in the water. So, you know, a basic course for us starts in a pool with a bathing suit and no equipment. And you ask. just, you know, we teach you how to be neutrally buoyant just using your lungs. And then we add a regulator and then we add fins and then we add a wetsuit and all the other stuff to it. So the gear comes last for us and the breathing and the managing of buoyancy comes first. And, and, you know, what we do is we teach people to dive before they know how to use the diving equipment. And, and it's been remarkable that that simple, simple concept and that simple system has worked so well. And then we took that idea of let's teach people to dive, which has always been in a transactional class. It's always been in, you know, two weekends or four days or five days or something like that. And, you know, I'm like, what's the rush? And I feel like George Carlin. It's like, what's the rush? <laughs> you know? And it's like, why are you rushing through this to get this card, you know, so, so you're, you can go diving in six months or you can do. And so I've been looking now for, was for a long time, but, you know, again, when I, when I took this on by myself a couple of years ago, it's like, how do I slow this process down? How do we get rid of the rush? How do we make the process the most fun part of diving, the learning process? You know, there's a, a thing in, in sports, um, of course, called process versus outcome, right? The idea is if you do the process, your outcome becomes inevitable, right? So I race a bicycle. If I do the training that's prescribed by my coach, then my outcome is inevitable. I mean, we know my limits. We know my, my strengths and weaknesses. We know where I can go. Um, and, and I know through the trust in the the person who's coaching me that if I do what he says, I'll, I'll get an outcome. Now it doesn't mean I'll win a race because I can't control the outcome from other people, but I can control my own outcome. The way you do that is you slow everything down, right? And you just look at what's a reasonable time frame it takes to accomplish something, right? I'm training now for an hour record on the bike, right? I'm trying to set the 70 year old US national hour record. How far can you ride your bike on a track in an hour? And it's a process and I'm willing to spend the next three years training for this to build myself to a point where I can, I can attack this hour record. So that's a three-year process to ride my bike for an hour. I think that's the ultimate slowdown. But if you take someone who walks into a scuba diving shop and says, hey, I want to learn to dive. And they're like, great, well, have you done it in three days? I, I don't see how you can actually functionally learn anything that will stick with you 
and have the process of learning be fun. If it's not fun, it kind of doesn't work. So that's where we slowed it down. And that's where I took this coaching model that I have been in for a long, long time as a cyclist and figured out a way to apply it to scuba diving. And to me, this has been magical, right? We've been doing it now for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And it's just incredible how it's working. I've got these clients who, and, you know, they're going at like, uh, I, I can't even come up with a fraction, like a hundredth the speed of a normal scuba diving class. And they're all coming back for more every day after day after day. It's really interesting. Well, Jeff, first of all, thank you for breaking it down. And I, I enjoyed the concept of you die first with no gear. That's when you really learn <laughs> how the water operates. Because, and I can tell you, I, I, I love swimming. So I do actually, you know, just yeah. pool or even at the, at sea, but uh, the ocean, and even at sea, actually, like in the Caribbean, whatever. But I do snorkeling. And sometimes, you know, you just dive in with your snorkels and you, you just, you know, <laughs> do your thing. But, but, you know, there's so, there's only, a certain point where you can go and and the water pulls you right back <laughs> it's very difficult to really to your point to control your body inside the water if you're not trained and you know the water will just lift you right up as long as you're breathing you're up <laughs> yeah sometimes even if you're dead god forbid you'll be still floating but you know but the idea is that the water has you know power and and there's current there's also so it's not as easy as people think even in the pool you know especially not salt like i don't know if you do salt water or regular water but I think salt water is it's more more difficult because <laughs> you know uh I, I think that no salt water pushes you out further so so i think it's harder yeah um, it's, well it's a little the buoyancy is different but not much again i mean for someone like me i mean i yeah. I, I know the difference you know in the pool versus at sea it's yeah you know you float easier at sea yeah. than, than you do in the pool right? but but the fact is it's dangerous in, and and very difficult you know to maintain and you're right most of the people don't realize the difficulty and you think because you're going to put that gear you're just going to be in that water floating like nothing's going on. And I like the concept that you said. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Well, I said that's the retention problem, uh, right? That's the retention problem is that if you don't learn it well and you're not comfortable, you're not going to go back. If you have your first, you get your course, you get your certification card, you do your first dive, it scares the crap out of you. It's like, why would I ever want to go back and do that? That's not helping anybody. Right, right, Jeff. But you said something that that's that's also uh, that that really got me going here, you know. And that, like I'm just thinking about as you're talking, the the concept of training real elements, uh, that that is a big deal. I mean, being inside the element <laughs> in yeah. the water, that is not a like to your point. You can't run, you can't run out of it. <laughs> you're in the especially yeah. if you do any real. I mean, I know the pool, but then you go to the next level, which basically I'm sure you do real dives. And that's, that's really where you have currents, you have, you know, everything around you that is, that is alive in there, <laughs> you know, and there's the, 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 the fear factor that can also, that you have to overcome because people have these notions about water and fish and, you know, sharks. And you know, we can talk about all that in a minute, because I think that's a big deal for some people like they're, they're fearful to get into the water. Uh, but, but you're breaking it down to, to a science and to your point, yes, it's a fraction of what a normal training is, but you're breaking it down to like in martial arts. I, I've been in martial mm -hmm. arts all my life. Yeah, same thing. You know, same you, thing. Exactly. You, you one punch, thousands and thousands of times to do a punch. Yeah. You know, most people are like, oh, I know how to punch. Yeah, you can punch. You know, first time, and you probably can get it right. But to get a real punch, you know, and understand how that speed and everything and control it takes repetition, forms, everything, kicks. 
So same thing here. If you are just going to do one in and out, it's not. And that brings me to a question, which you mentioned a couple of times about the license and certificate, right? People want a certificate, you know, and so maybe some of the, the, the audiences right now will be like, well, what, what's, what's the need? I can dive without a certificate. Is that even possible? And I guess the idea of I'm certified, I'm a certified diver, maybe that's what people are going after as opposed to really becoming technical in, in, ter in terms of diving. I think that's where you bring in a different approach is you're not just going to have a certificate. You're going to be an expert. And I think that's a big difference because everybody can have a paper that says, I did that. It's like, it's like uh, Vegas, right? You can go and get married. Yeah, <laughs> <Over exactly. time. laughs> you exactly. know, I'm married, right? But that's not really true marriage, right? So, so that's the same concept here. Or at least I, I'm, I'm perceiving it being that way. But your program is a whole different world. Uh, it is the next, you know, level, really, scuba diving teaching. And again, it's installed by, by your conviction in, in education and coaching and mentoring and you apply some of the concepts you talked about cycling i mean the fact that you train three years for 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 a competition that's that is for the hour <laughs> exactly but 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 that takes real understanding of the concept of winning and and being at that level right it's not nothing worth anything can happen overnight as we say right it takes good time and you have to build to it you know people that go space they train years before they can get into that shell, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to be an Air Force, you know, uh, fighter or whatever, and then and do all those things and do in, in, intensive training before you can get into a shell. Now, same concept here. So going back to, to the diving, you know, a regular school, will, and, and I've seen them actually in, in some of the, the parts of, of the world where you go in, oh, you can learn in a couple of hours how to dive and, you know, you can go up on, on one of those rafts and, and drop off in water with your yeah. scuba yeah, gear. We don't do that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Well, I'm saying, but, but they're out there. There's plenty of them. Tons too. of them. Yeah. yeah. Go, go to any island resort yes. and sign up for a two hour pool session. Then they'll take you in the water. And I've seen them. I mean, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. It takes a little bit more than that just to, I know that it's not as simple as just getting, but it, it's a model and it's, you know, traditionally it's not the safest model in the world, but, you know, you play the odds and, you know, often those dives are successful and occasionally they're not. You were asking about certification and can anybody dive? Scuba is a, in the U.S. particularly is a self-regulated industry. So you cannot walk into a scuba diving shop and rent a cylinder filled with compressed gas, compressed air. For that, you need a certification card. If you had a compressor, which you can buy on the market and a tank that you can buy on the market and scuba gear, you can fill it yourself, go in the water, dive all day long, but you won't be able to go into a shop and fill the tank. And that's what the card does. The card lets you get buy gas. And then in some situations, it allows you to go places where you couldn't go. Some boats, most boats require it cave diving places that, you know, have a, have a fence, you know, and, and an entrance, they require it. Um, you know, there are places where you need the certification card, but you just want to go dive in the ocean and you can buy your own gas or pump your own gas out of a compressor and buy your stuff. You don't need the card. There's no, there's no, it's not like the FAA where you can't, you, theoretically, legally, you cannot fly an airplane unless you have a pilot certificate. You don't need a scuba certification card to dive. You just need to buy the gas. Which so, is a whole different concept. So it makes it you can easier. dodge the training if you want to do it. Right. I mean, that's how it started, you know, 100 years or whenever it was years ago. But uh, is it wise? Well, probably not, you know, because now you're reinventing a wheel that has um, hurt a lot of people over the years.
No, well, thank you for clarifying that. And I think, I think for me personally, I mean, there was always a question because I never, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, knew the difference whether you need it or not and what you would need it for. And I'm sure people are like, oh, I didn't know. I thought that, you know, because some, to your point, some things you need to have a license in order for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, in real estate and, you know, it's a whole different concept, but you can sell property, but technically, legally, you, you're not able to, you're not supposed to, but people are doing it. <laughs> But yeah. you have to go to school to get a license and then state exam before you actually can be legit, you know, but people are doing it without it. They do transactions off the, 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 the legal pad, but they get caught. They have problems. And same thing here. If you do it, you know, the wrong way, it can cost you your life. It's not a, a simple, uh, just let's do and get in the water. Even yeah, your compressor, we don't, we, don't rec we don't recommend it. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. don't recommend buying a compressor and buying a tank and filling it up and going diving. I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, just that itself is, is risky. I mean, think about it. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that's that's bad. Um, but but so thank you for clarifying that. Now, now let's talk about, you know, the the health benefits, if you don't mind, or maybe like what I know it's a very not an, it's there is there's work to it. The body has to do some work, you know, and to, to your point, regulating the breathing, the stuff. Are there any benefits that people can you know besides the the licensing and all the stuff you know and understanding the water but like from a physical aspect anything no. that that that's worth noting <laughs> basically no okay <laughs> i uh, mean the idea in scuba diving it's anti-aerobic right you're the goal of being in the water is to reduce your breathing reduce your your metabolic rate conserve as much gas as possible it's an anti-workout now, like <laughs> the, the gear is heavy and, you know, we're carrying it around and we're walking into the ocean and we're climbing on ladders and things like that. So a level of fitness really helps once you're in the water, you know, what fitness does for you is allow you to control your body, be aware of it, manage your breathing in a really good way, things like that. But no, the idea, uh, it's my, my wife and I both ride bicycles at a pretty high level and she's hysterical because you know she's like all about um uh you know i'll go scuba diving but I, then i have to go work out <laughs> you know because it's just the opposite of anything fitness oriented well you said i mean in the water there's less gravity i mean there's gravity but it's kind of weightless and so it kind of makes it but but you're right i mean if you're not fit you're not, you know, there, it may be difficult for you to do the stuff you do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't need a level of fitness to get in and out of the water and, and to manage breathing and things like that, but it, it, it's not an aerobic sport. It's not an anaerobic sport. It's not something we consider, you know, I'd, I'd consider it a pastime from a, an athletic standpoint. On the other hand, I'm fit enough that I can get the tanks in and out. I can get people in and out. I can, you know, I don't want to in any way imply that it doesn't help to be fit when you're diving, but it certainly is not a workout. No, that, and that, and thank you for coming. Because the reason I'm saying it is because people are thinking water, swimming, diving, one of the same, but it's not. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I used to do triathlons. It's not like swimming, <laughs> you know, it's the opposite of swimming. It's just trying to be calm in the water, you know, and not move and, and breathe as breathe consistently, but, in a, as controlled a way as possible but also it's a, it's a, like to your point it's a lifestyle it's uh it's a whole you know a whole new thing that people can experience and you're right i mean it's beautiful when you go under the water i mean oh my god uh, we've gone such cool yeah. places yeah. through scuba diving i mean i've you know we we've again my wife's a great diver and we've traveled you know 
Egypt and Mexico and Caribbean and, you know, all these amazing places to go. And I've, I've taught, you know, Philippines, and Korea and China, and, you know, it, it opens doors that may not normally be open because you're of these destination trips that are just magical. I mean, they're magical to be able to go to some of these, you know, exotic or semi-exotic uh, areas and, you know, put on a tank and go see what the world's like underwater is just incredible. I mean, you're a guest in these places. And, you know, if, if you treat it with the consciousness of a guest mm -hmm. and you just experience what's there to be experienced, it's a really powerful way to um, embrace traveling and a travel lifestyle and uh, it's it's great and at the same time i can drive 10 minutes from my house in san diego and do beautiful shore dives i mean we have kelp and um, you know amazing wildlife and beautiful formations and little reefs and so you can you know you can dive anywhere well and, and you coming from a, a film and, and photography i mean i can just imagine what you do underwater and taking some nice little, you know, shots out there. I mean, it's pretty cool stuff that you see in camera when under the, the water. I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's not totally my thing, but you know, oh, I, I, I was, I'd assume that you, yeah. you would no, 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 I sort of separate that part of my life from the rest of it. But, <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's amazing. You know, I mean, people live for photography underwater. They live for cave diving. They live for diving in, you know, ocean wrecks i mean there's a million things you can do in the water that are incredible but but you are training these people to become professional so they can do those things that they love and be effective do it to the next level yeah i'm training instructors to, yeah, right. to be able to provide that service and that experience to their students and again we're doing it in the methodology that we've created of this you know team diving buoyancy first take care of the ocean don't don't go fast i love it so so let's talk about that you are training the trainers you are taking yeah. the people that want to be diver you know teachers yeah or trainers and and certifying other people like like me the common folk mm -hmm. who just wants to learn how to dive correctly so you're giving them a formation that is lasting you know for a period of time not two days not two weekends are really showing them every rope that they need to know and every single aspect of safety and technical, you know, uh, difficulties and, 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 and ease at the same time that they should be able to, when they train somebody, you know, they're guaranteeing their, that they're going to give them the best of the best opportunity to actually be in that element and be able to, to run a nice dive correctly and safely. And that's in itself big. Now, now your students, uh, are these people that want to open their own schools or they have their own schools or they just basically want to get involved? Like, you know, let's say you're basically the fitness, like in the fitness world, there's a lot of certifications that give you that trainer, personal trainer certificate and different levels. You know, you are doing it for the divers, but now you're training those, you know, the next trainers, the next generation. And yeah. And I think that that's a really, it's a good jumping off question for where this coaching program went in scuba diving, because um, in, in the group of clients. So we took students and we renamed them clients and we took instructors and we renamed them coaches. Now they're the same people. We just, it's semantics, but you know, in this group of coaching clients that I'm managing directly, they are from A to B. 
I mean, it's like I have instructor candidates who are long, long time divers. I have technical divers who are or people who are becoming technical divers. And I have divers who have 20, 30, 40 dives and just want to get better. And because of the way that we do this program, we deliver every week a series of workouts. It's, it's the exact same thing I do on the bike, right? I wake up in the morning and I have a calendar and on that calendar, it said like, like today, it was, you know, 30 second intervals, right? Sets of them and blah, blah, blah. So I did that today. My coaching clients are in the scuba company are all doing different things. The ones who are in the instructor program, they're working on various levels of, of leadership um, skills and leadership training. The ones who are becoming technical divers this week, they're doing um, gas planning for technical dives. The um, one of the clients just got a dry suit. So he's going through the dry suit training program. And, and all of these people are working remotely with me. And then they, for their skills training, they shoot video of themselves and we critique it. And then they dive together or with local buddies and, um, and utilize the skills that they're, they're learning there. Now, you know, we're not certifying people by the internet, of course, mm -hmm. you know, but we are doing the academic program, the peripheral program. And because we're going so slowly in this, you know, these are programs that take months instead of days that I program onto their calendars, crazy stuff like podcasts and different video things and exercises and, you know, do a lecture on blank. Here's your homework for the week and things like that. So they're getting this huge, broad experience around diving. And some of them are getting a fitness element, you know, because we provide that, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, certified cycling coach. So, you know, uh, for endurance athletes, we can give them, you know, fitness guidance along the way. And they get this whole long, slow, amazing process of learning how to either be a scuba instructor, a technical diver, a recreational diver, or just a better new diver. Uh, and, and it's, it's been this incredibly successful program, incredibly successful program. Thanks for clarifying, Jeff. So, so what would be like someone that that's interested uh, into joining the program? How long is the actual program? No, you, it's not quick. So they have to have commitment and they have to be able to follow your instructions and take in your courses and the elements of the syllabus, the whole curriculum actually uh, will be, you know, pretty much something that they have to, to go through from A to Z. But what will be the time frame for someone to join? I mean, cause I know you, you, you take your time. So it, it, it depends. My favorite answer to every question. It depends. So it's true. <laughs> you know, I, none of my coaching clients live in San Diego, right? So I can't see them every week in the water, right? So it just, we have to figure it out. You know, they have to travel. I have to travel, things like that. Um, or I have to send them off to another UTD instructor who can work with them, which we do also in, mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Um, we have one coach, one instructor who's down in Florida, and he brought into the coaching program, a handful of people from his work, and they all live in the same, very close together. So he was able to take those people and put them in a, a basic open water first time class in the coaching program. And it took him about four months to get them through it, which would normally be four days. Um, and they had weekly exercises, weekly homework. They, they did pool sessions every week or two 
and then they went off and they did the ocean dives together. So we, it's, it's a very malleable system. You know, my bike coach is in Colorado. I never see him. I've talked to him all the time, but I never see him. Um, Just, you know, and a lot of these scuba clients, I mean, I, I know, and I've met them because they've come to San Diego or I've gone to them, but it's not part of it. You know, it's, it's, we're guiding people through a program. But Jeff, thank you for, for that, because I think a lot of people may be under the impression that not from the, to, to, to become trainers or, or school that may be certified, they'll have to go to, they have to be living by the ocean and then and be able to, to, to do that. And, and you just, well, just to clarify, eventually they do have to get to us. Well, okay, I mean, so there, there are, I just want to make it really clear that we don't, there are no certifications that happen magically by the internet. I mean, we have to see these people in the water, train them directly, dive with them. Th that component is always going to be there where, you know, nobody gets certified by taking like a matchbook home study class. No, I got it. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but so, so, so the concept is they do all this programming further. So that means mm -hmm. it's open to everyone, literally from yeah, anywhere, any level. And then, then when they're ready to that next level and getting, you know, the official certification that you're ready, mm -hmm. they have to come in just like taking the state exam. Now you got to go into there you go. <laughs> the real yeah. thing and finalize yeah. that final step. But, but at least, you know, for someone, they know they can still use your services and become certified under your program. And, you know, they'll go through all the training, you know, as far as they can, you know, uh, and whatever they are, then ultimately they'll schedule, you know, the final exam with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're doing it. We're in the middle of it now, right? I've got two instructor candidates are coming to San Diego in April. By the time they get here to do the, the in-person class, they will have done all their academic work. They will have done all of the lectures we expect with them on video. They will have done all of their skills on video. And we can really now focus on this is how we teach. Because remember, these are leadership class. Those are leadership classes. It's like mm -hmm. we're teaching teaching at that level. We're not teaching diving at all. We're just teaching how to teach diving. Uh, same thing you. with people, people who come in to do a certification class also are in that same boat where it's like by the time they get here, a lot of that work has been done, right? We've seen them on video. We know what their skills are. We've worked with them in different ways. And then we have the ability to say, okay, come on in. Now we're just going to really, you know, experience all the work you've done and and tune it up and make you safe and teach you how to practice and all of that and i love it i mean this is like you know uh the the ultimate goal of anyone that's taken this program is that they'll get to that level at the end and where you are there in front of them and evaluating their skills uh, whether as an instructor or otherwise and therefore now you, you can gauge and, and by the way when they're with you you can say well maybe we got to tweak this yeah again yeah, of course you know and, and and then they get the final hey Thumbs up. Now you're good. Now you're part of the team and you can do your thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, for people maybe watching and listening right now, like, oh, well, I, I don't have a program like this and you know where I am, but you can still, you know, go through, through Jeff's program and uh, UTD and then ultimately come in and do your final stages, you know, in San, San Diego and that's it. Or right? wherever we have a UTD instructor, which is all over the country and all over the world. It's not like you have to come here. I mean, we've got, you know, dozens and dozens of instructors scattered everywhere. So you know, if you're in Detroit or you're in Florida, or you're in Washington, wherever you are, we just point you to an instructor. Thank you for that, too, because that's important clarification, because now people realize that, yeah, they have other points where they can actually get. the. Oh, final. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we want everybody to come to San Diego. San Diego is beautiful, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't make doesn't make sense. You know, for leadership, it does, because there aren't that many instructor trainers. But for diving, you know, we're everywhere. 
So let's talk about leadership. You mentioned that a few times, and I, and I enjoy that part because I do it on my own world mm -hmm. in, in, in the insurance world, you know, just corporate <laughs> leadership and all that. But, but that's, that's a big deal. I mean, not everybody can. I mean, you can learn the skills, but doesn't mean make you a good teacher and a good mm. leader. And unfortunately, that's a very common thing. Like people, I, I know the skills. I can, I, I can teach this. I don't think that's, that's valid. And I'm, I'm sure in your world, it's the same thing. So let's talk about that for a minute. How, so, how do you define leadership? Yeah, so, you know, leadership in an educational world is really only about communication. It's just how can you communicate? So classically, we define education as creating a change in behavior of your students when you look at it at that level. And then beyond that definition, the caveat is it only works if they can retain the information. We've talked about this a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. So you have those two things. You, how do you make a behavior change in your student, whether it's teach them something new or refine some skill they have or expose them to the next level of something. And as an instructor or teacher or trainer, how do you make sure that they have the information presented to them in a way that they can retain it? So there's a, a, a Socratic principle Socrates, who basically said, and I'm paraphrasing because he's long dead, is that the teacher can't teach the student anything unless the teacher and the student already know it. So this is, a, to me, has always been a fascinating tenet that in order to communicate something effectively, you have to be able to have some common ground with that student. Like I could talk to you about scuba all day long and talk to you about you know, bubble mechanics and Boyle's law and decompression elements and all this other crazy stuff. And it's, you're all you're going to hear is blah, 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 bubble, blah. It's not going to make any sense. But if I break it down and I say, hey, do you know what decompression illness is? Well, no. Well, have you ever heard of the bends? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom told me if I get in the pool after I eat, I'll get the bends. Right. Okay. So the bends, what's the bends? Well, the bends is a slang word for decompression sickness. Okay, what's decompression sickness? Well, decompression sickness or decompression illness is this thing where um, when pressure is reduced, the chemistry in your body. Anyway, once we go backward far enough to find common ground, then we can drive a conversation forward in a way that makes it stick. So to me, all of communication in leadership, in training the trainers, in all of that is giving an instructor or an instructor trainer the tools to understand how to make the, cha the change in behavior work and how to make it stick, how to, how to get the student to retain it. And we, you can teach that in a day. This is not complex. You know, I, I, I've always thought there are no natural teachers. You know, everybody says, oh my God, what a natural, amazing teacher that is. I don't think there are natural teachers. I think there are passionate teachers and committed teachers, but, but this transfer of education, this transfer of knowledge is a skill. It's a craft. Anybody can learn it. Now, you might not be excited about teaching it, but you can still learn the craft of it. The art part is, are you passionate? So in leadership training, you know, that's, you know, and I have this company, the training cycle that does leadership training for uh, basically train the trainer training. Um, and that's really what we focus on. We focus on these few core skills, the craft of presenting information. And 
from that, then people can just take this and apply their own intellectual property. It's kind of intellectual. It's like IP independent or agnostic, you know, and I, I don't care, you know, what you're teaching. It doesn't matter. The techniques of getting the information across are all the same. And that's the same for when I teach scuba instructors it, in the old days, when I was teaching flying instructors, it was the same for that. It's the same for corporate trainers. You know, all we're doing is we're giving skills in a workshop format that people can then take and run with. No, but thank you, Jeff, because that is a big, you know, I love the way you broke it down because people who have been exposed to instructor instruction or training, you know, in general, they can even, that's why sometimes you get the surveys, like, well, how was the training? And sometimes you have multiple trainers that come in and each one of them gets scored differently, although they probably give the same content because again, the style and the passion. And so they have the same formula. They all have the same PowerPoint, they all have the same rules, the, the same, you know, content, but it's how you bring it down, how to break to your point, find, finding that common element with the folks. Make sure I mean, do you, do you agree with this? Hurricane, do you agree that there are that do you think there are natural teachers, people who are just born to teach and magically know how to do it? Because I have this argument with people. Some people disagree with me like vehemently about this. I, I would not disagree with you. Uh, I think that people can be trained. Teaching can be trained. You know, this is not something that is that is the drive for it. That's different. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah. you know, I can teach anyone. I mean, that's why we have trained the trainer as a common theme across all on the globe. I mean, yeah. You can train people to train content, but can you make them good trainers? That's a different story. Can you passionate make them trainers. passionate trainers? Can you make them the best at what they do? Can you make them likable? Can they make them really drive, <laughs> yeah, drive stuff? Yeah, I mean, drive stuff to people. Because I, listen, I, I make a joke because in real estate, we had we had similar thing. I mean, I train, you know, real estate, I train salespeople. And everybody's got a different, you know, method and style and personality. And you bring that to that, that element and people can really get fired up or you, I mean, I've, I've sat down in, in instruction before and where you'd be like this, ah, oh, damn, I want to get out of this thing. And then I get to this place. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, like you get excited. You want to be part of it. And that's because the person in front of you either is going to drive that energy or it's going to be totally dead. And that's something you cannot teach. <laughs> no. You see, now you can teach the course, you can teach the, 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 the whole prep, but it's, it's individualized. And to your point, that's something that needs to be you. But can you teach people to, to teach? Yes. <laughs> can it's you not make them? It's not, I mean, you're right. And the, uh, so listen, I guess you and I will probably be debating with the other guys. Because <laughs> 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 I, I tend to agree. And you know, it's funny because uh, not like there's a lot of teachers out there, right? And, you know, we all had to go through school uh, in our lives. And you've, you've got your preferred teachers and the ones you didn't like. Mm. <laughs> And they, they all are qualified to teach, but they're not all driving the teaching and getting the people to love whatever they're teaching. That's the other thing you want. When you teach something, you want people to really embrace it, to become part of it, to love it, to want to do it. And, and that's what makes them learn it. If I make you hate something, you're never going to learn it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My very first job in high school, like two days after I got a driver's license, I went vacuum cleaner sales, selling door to door. And the training, the guy who trained this class was so excited about vacuums. He got this class so worked up that we went out to save the world by selling vacuums and giving away steak knives to get in the door. But it was <laughs> this passion that he had. And, you know, anybody could, you know, plug it in here, turn it on here, clean the house. But he, he had this, this way of being 
way beyond the content. And, you know, we're a bunch of kids. We're 17, 18, you know, people looking for something to do. And, uh, you know, he made a, a little class of very militant, you know, aggressive, but but powerful vacuum cleaner salesman um, back in the day. It was it was a, my first experience at how, you know, anybody can teach, but but the passion that comes with it is really can be very, very unique. And you're right. It's funny. I'm going to go back to the real estate. So. In, in that world that, you know, when I used to teach um, realtors, like through the licensing course, you go through a whole bunch of real estate law and stuff, but then you want to, I, my, my, my angle was always to kind of put it together in perspective, meaning that I'm not just teaching them the textbook because, and there are instructors that literally just read from the book, say, this is what the law says. This is the answer. I like to put it to real practice. And sometimes I give them real scenarios. And one of the things that, that used to be like fun is that when we talk about some agents that actually take people on tours, like they take people to see, to, to see houses. And they just stand there. It's like, here's the kitchen. Here's the bathroom. Like the, the people cannot figure out that there's the yeah. kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> you know, here's a fireplace. Oh, really? I thought that was the, you know, <laughs> TV. <laughs> you know, you got to know, like, you know, you got to make them feel what that is. Just imagine yourself sitting in front of that this nice little winter day and the wood is there and you get them to start visualizing what that that you know, look at this kitchen, how many, you know, you know, you can give them visual stuff. And that's what makes it different. But I've seen it where people say, all right, well, uh, that's a bedroom. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Right. Is that the door? <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> that. But that's really the difference between, you know, a someone who gets you really to to enjoy it and someone does like just really kills it and i'm sure in in and again in the diving if a trainer is not getting people excited about that diving and the technical and and, and really like the passion that that comes with it you know these people to your point they might just try it once and that's it done you know therefore that that's not what we want we want people to to come back you want retention for your trainers you want retention for their clients retention is key but if you don't even customer service in general if you talk to someone like uh, how can i help you today Damn. Yeah. Now in scuba, we're really lucky because the people who do come to leadership in scuba are pretty passionate. I mean, or they wouldn't be putting themselves through all this. So it's rare we get somebody who's like, there's a bedroom, there's a fireplace. That usually <laughs> doesn't happen in scuba. But it's but on the other hand, you know, in corporations, it happens all the time because people are just promoted to trainer because they're promoted to trainer. And and it's it's a promotion or it's a move or something like that. And you know, I mean, we've always in, in the training cycle, we've always said that your best employee may not be your best trainer, right? Because although that best employee may know the content better than anybody else, it, it's questionable whether that best employee will actually have the passion and the, the energy and the commitment to share it in a way that um, people can can absorb it and retain it. Things all we've been saying for an hour now. So um <laughs> No, well, but yeah, you. no, I think it's all, it's really this this looking at this broad, you know, we're this I love this conversation that we had are are having because you know it it really allows us gave us the time to really look at this really broad, very tiny, narrow topic in a very broad way. Right. What do you do as a trainer to bring a, a methodology and a program to somebody in a way that they may or may not have seen it before? with the goal that they can then present it down the next line, the next line, the next line. I think that's, you know, there are a million ways to do it. We chose one, but it's a fascinating process to, to see 
you know, students, instructor candidates all grow and turn into, you know, better divers, better instructors, better people, you know, through this program. It's, it's been amazing. So how many, if you don't mind me asking, how many instructors so far <laughs> and, and trainers that you guys put in through your program? Oh God, I don't know. A lot, I, a lot I, over I'll the take years. it. Yeah, I'll take lot. it. I mean, they come and go and then, you know, some people are active, some people are inactive, some people become instructors so they can teach their family and some people do it to make a business out of it. So it, it changes, it varies. Are they like recurring, like, you know, like in, in a lot of industries, you have like continuing education type of courses and things like that. Do you provide any mm -hmm. of that in the scuba? Yeah. And most people move up, you know, once they start, you know, over the course of years, they move to high, you know, they come in at a basic level. And then throughout the course of years, they bump up, bump up, bump up and move up, you know, both as personal divers and as instructors. So that's a, that's an ongoing full-time process for everybody. Right. Well, again, uh, these are some questions that probably people that be interested. And you're right. I mean, scuba diving is, is a is a very unique world, and it it takes a certain crowd to be part of it. Just like there's some sports that are not for everyone, and yeah, people are just the ones that really feel it and taste it, and and and, and think it, you know, as as a special, you know, uh, piece of their life. Uh, now, I do want to ask the question. You know, just just curiously, I know part of your teaching, the teachers and the instructors, uh, but but the world of water still scary for a lot of people <laughs> do you i mean is there anything in the course that kind of prepares them for those types of questions when they go to to the common folk like me and like i fear the water i can't get in the water because i'm afraid of sharks and you know that's that's a very common <laughs> theme around, so you know, that's a really good question and i it comes back to the same answer i spoke of earlier is that we're not for everybody and i don't want to be for everybody our most difficult students are spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, parents, kids of who are being dragged into a scuba class because a spouse, a parent, a kid, a girlfriend, a boyfriend wants to go diving and wants them as a buddy. We've seen so many of those situations where somebody comes in, they're miserable in the parking lot before they get <laughs> in the door, you know, and the, the spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is like, come on, we're going to go diving. And they're like, you know, geez, where can't we do, can we go to a movie? Um, <laughs> those are the people who have that issue. That, and, and we try to solve that before it becomes either, well, certainly before it can, becomes dangerous, but also before it becomes expensive. But, but I think, I think you covered it because I think you've had enough experience to deal with it. And uh, I'm sure you have no problems with, with turning their minds and changing their it's on outlook i mean how people see yeah. things i mean it, it's you, it's a little bit of psychology to, to you can see this immediately you can see it in body language i mean the, they walk in the door and it's like oh that's going to be a problem and then we figure out a way to make it not be a problem now listen i'm sure you're you got the whole program down down to 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 the actual elements and We're trying. So, yeah no 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 you do you do well, well, listen, I mean, we've come to the end of the hour here. I think we've covered a lot of grounds. Is there anything else that you'd like to share at this point with our audiences in terms of the school, uh, you know, someone wants to connect with you or any just advice you want to give? Yeah, no, I think that um, I wasn't prepared for that question. I think really it's about follow your passions, right? If scuba's for you, give us a call. You know, if, if it's not, don't. If coaching is interesting to you, give us a call. If it's not, don't. Um, but 
you know, I, I think that if we look at how you're going to move through an educational system, you know, whether it's in, in scuba or in flying or in driving, if you're young, if it's sports, whatever it is, it's choose your guides really carefully. Choose your coaches really carefully. I just went through a process of interviewing coaches for the bike and it was eye-opening. I mean, I talked to so many different people, inexpensive, not expensive enough, crazy, not crazy, you know, experience, not experience, just interview, interview, interview. If you're interested in scuba, you know, most people just walk into a scuba shop and say, teach me to dive. They never ask the qualifications of the instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think if there was advice and I'm, I'm not crazy about advice, but my advice would be interview your future trainers and mentors really carefully. Jeff, I have to say, you, you were prepared for the answer. You just, you just did. You just, it just took me a minute to, to find it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the reason I said that is because you're right. I mean, even in jobs, right? I mean, when you interview for a job, you really have to interview whether that's a company you want to work for, or is that the boss you want to work for, and so on and so forth. So that concept is you have to ask it. Sometimes people go in the concept like, oh, I'm just going to be a student, so I'll take whatever I can get. But no, you have options and you're right. If you want the best, you want to look for the best and, and, and do your due diligence. So I think yeah. your answer is perfect for people that are interested in this. You want to get it from the best and, uh, you know, do your, you know, work, find, find out and to your point, interview, find, you know, as many people that you can get in front of and, and eventually evaluate which one will be your best you know, deal and, and possibility. So. Well, it works on both sides too. I'll just leave you with this. The, the coach that I finally chose for the bike, which is just recently, we were talking about this and he was like, I would have been more reticent to take you on had you not interviewed all these different people and then chose me, right? As opposed to hearing about me and choosing me without like looking around. So none of us who teach should be in any way reticent about having you go interview competitors. I want you to go interview competitors. I want you to go see what's out, you know, and then make a decision and see if we're the right fit. I'm going to leave it with that. <laughs> awesome. So Jeff, thank you so much for the time. I mean, I, it's a lot of information. I learned a lot today. I'm sure audiences will be enjoying this, this particular episode here. Uh, you know, I wish you all the best out there and keep up, you know, the great job you're doing. Um, thank you for being with us. And uh, I guess hopefully maybe we'll have a different talk, you know, later on about something different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a million things to touch on, but I really appreciate the time and, and grateful to uh, grateful to be here. No, thank you, folks. Thank you for being with us today and watching on the iHealth channel, listening to iHealth Radio, your host, Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. Different guests, different show, different topic. Bye for now.